everybody. Hello, my wonderful, wonderful fans. Welcome back to another exciting, dramatic, suspense-filled, romantic, love-filled, passionate, wild, scary episode of Wild, the podcast. I've just filmed about half of this. And then everything just shut down. My computer just went, system overload. Which I've never seen before on a computer in the 21st century. I mean, I'm recording a podcast here, sir. I'm not trying to put an elephant on the moon. So it's all good. We're going to restart this bad boy. Happy Sunday, everybody. Sunday, 17th of September. Can you believe it? It's been an incredible couple of days. A very busy, a very action-packed few days. And a lot's happened in the world. And I'm here to give it to you straight. With none of that political bullshit... None of that fluff that the government or the media will tell you. I'm going to give it to you straight, partner. Take it down one way like a shot of whiskey. That's why I'm here, because I'm for the people. For the people, that's me. Okay, whatever. So, it has been, generally has been, a very busy week. A lot of things have happened. And I would like to discuss some of it. So, first big story, first big thing that happened this week was the iPhone 15 announced. <laughs> this is literally a monologue that I just did for about 20 minutes. The whole thing deleted itself. Ooh, it can be very frustrating. So, I am going to talk about it again because it's a big thing. It's a lot of news. It's some interesting happenings, but more importantly, I want to talk about what that's going to be for the future. Now, the iPhone 15, right? People were looking forward to it, thinking, listen, we always want to see a bit of a big change. What's Apple's next innovation going to be? And people were let down. I think this year people were let down quite a lot, more so than the last couple of years. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but... The response to the iPhone 15 has been quite lackluster. Not necessarily because Apple is doing anything wrong, but there's just there's only so much where you can innovate and grow and develop and create and build something new, right? I mean, think about the first iPhone. I remember when the first iPhone came out. It was world-changing. There's a lot of studies that have been done that say that the first iPhone in 2007 is the most important technological creation of our time. Not because of the components or because of the, you know, fancy technology shit, but because of where it's led and because of the pathway that the first iPhone put us on as humans v technology, right? And think about the innovation that used to pop up in those early days. It was big. It was enormous, right? I remember when the first iPhone came up, my dad had one. And I could not wait to show my mom the pinch 
and zoom feature. I remember taking a photo of my mom and going, mom, you gotta see this. And going to her face and zooming in. And even she was like, sick. And it was, it was very, very sick, bro. And then the four came about and the 4S with that sick glass back. Man, it was so beautiful. And then the five. The five was a big deal, right? Elongated design, bigger screen, thinner, more compact approach, titanium body. People thought the five was it. So I was working at a place called the iStore, which is the South African equivalent of the Apple Store. And I was working there for the launch of the 6S, okay? But I spoke to people about what the first few launches were like. And apparently when the 5 launched, people were camping overnight to get that hunk of junk, which is ridiculous. That is so consumer. I would never camp outside for a piece of technology. No way. No way. Would I camp outside for a limited edition KFC burger? Fuck yeah. But not a piece of tech because I'm better than that. But the iPhone 5 was huge. And then the 6 came and that was an even bigger deal, right? Because of the, the completely reworked design. Even bigger, thinner, even bigger, large screen, 6 plus. Bro, I cannot tell you what a humongous difference it was when I had the 6 plus. I went from the 5 to the 6 plus and I thought it was otherworldly. It was so cool. And then the seven came and the eight came. The, the eight was really pretty. I did like the design of the eight, but then the 10, then the 10, my dad. Do you remember the 10? No more buttons, just one big screen with face ID. That shit was mind-blowingly cool. And a lot of people made fun of it. People were like, oh, your face, that's not gonna work. And now everybody uses face ID, right? So innovation slowed down. And the reason for that is not because, as I said, anything that Apple has necessarily done wrong, but innovation has to slow down at some point. There's only so much that you can do from a technological perspective on a smartphone, right? People have tried a bunch of things. Now it's, oh, can we make the screen bendable? Can we make it even bigger? Can we make it even lighter? Can we make it even faster? Can we make the screen look better? But that's not innovation. That's just improvements. Innovation on smartphones are done. Apple has had a very good history of innovating to the point where it's perfect, where it's near perfect, right? And coming up with these brand new cool ideas, but all good things have to come to an end. And the day of smartphones becoming this brand new incredible thing is pretty much done. Yes, next year we'll probably see another iPhone with an even better camera and even better battery life until eventually, you know, you've got this crazy good battery life because all the components are getting smaller and stronger, whatever it might be. But you have to think to yourself, what's gonna come next? Where is Apple, where is technology gonna be focused going forward? So think about it. Think about it. 
Think about what was announced from Apple's perspective earlier this year. That's going to be enormous. And it's obviously the Apple Vision Pro. Mixed, mixed, mixed response when it comes to the Apple Vision Pro. Of course, right? It's this big, clunky, gigantic, robotic thing on your face. People are not going to be into that, are they? Guarantee you, my China, they are going to be into it very, very much so. And this is why. The technology and the concept behind the Vision Pro is phenomenally cool. It is so, so, so worthwhile. Could you imagine? You're at work. Now, think, I, I, I want to put this into perspective. I'm not talking about next year, you know, when it launches. I'm talking about 15 years from now. The iPhone 1 was released in 2007 or announced in 2007, right? Same thing. Think about the progression from the first iPhone to now. The first iPhone is unusable in today's standards. You wouldn't even be able to go a day using the iPhone 1. But back then, it was groundbreaking. Think about that. Now think about the Apple Vision Pro being the iPhone 1. So don't think about where it's gonna, where it's gonna take us in 2025. Think about where that's gonna take us in 2040. 15 plus years after the launch of the original one. Now just think about the concept, right? You're sat at work, you're wearing it, you've got a keyboard, a mouse, and you don't need a screen. You just whoop, put a screen there and you're doing your work. You can look around, but that thing stays there. I'm blind. And then you've got whoop, put a screen there and you're watching Breaking Bad. Your boss don't know, you know, you got these things. And then he goes, shoulder. And you click your button and your eyes pop up, whoop. Hello? Where's that thing? I don't know. I'm, I'm just sorry it's coming. Okay, boop. Straight back to watching something stupid. My show, my show, you're watching wild. And I think that is such a cool idea. Because the only issue, right, with this item is that it's huge. It's It looks uncomfortable to wear. It looks clunky. It looks difficult. But once that becomes more ergonomic and once that becomes lighter to use and more form-fitting and less noticeable on the face, if that can ever be possible, it's going to be incredible. So watch this space. Technological progression is not going anywhere. The smartphone has stalled, but we're only getting started on virtual reality. Realities. Realities. Let's get it. Anyway, I want to have a chat about the iPhone 15. So I want to share this with everybody. Let's hope it works. Doesn't just get shut down like last time. I thought it'd be worthwhile to just have a little bit of a look 
here we go. Dude, these websites, it's this damn website. It's so hard to use. This is how everything shut down. I might just jump back to this to make sure that it's still recording. Oh, I can already hear my computer. What are you making me do? Ridiculous. Fucking chill out, bro. I'm not making your mind for Bitcoin, am I? That's what I should be doing to this little thing. Make it earn its keep. You want to have a nap? No, bro. You're going to be mining for Ethereum. Anyway, so here's the iPhone. This is what was released. Basically, this is obviously Apple's way of just going, hey, look at this. Check this shit out. So number one is the dynamic island. I do think that the dynamic island is pretty cool because that's what Apple is focusing on now, right? Is the UI and the UX side of things. You know, software focused, obviously bigger camera, bigger battery, all that sort of shit. So here we go. What's this? Uh, iPhone 15, we got some new colors. We got black, white, green, yellow, and lady. Nice. I want the lady one. Okay, make sure. Ooh, dude, you have no idea. The feeling of doing like a 30 minute podcast and you just get to the end and nothing recorded, it makes you want to like murder somebody. What's this? Color through and tough all round. The innovative new design features back glass that has color infused throughout the material. Uh, okay. Sounds groundbreaking. An all new 48 megapixel main camera for breathtaking, smile making, picture taking. Nice. Look at that. Wow. That's exciting. Awesome, dude. A new camera, right? I think that their cameras have gotten pretty cool, I guess. You know, well, no, not I guess. I have to give it to them. The iPhone cameras are pretty fantastic, specifically from a low light perspective. Up to four times resolution to capture incredible detail. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I realize I'm freaking out. Hocus Pocus, magical new portrait. So what this is, is you're able to take a photo and then choose where you want the focus to be. I'm sure that's going to come in handy every single day. Whatever, bless him. Two times telephoto. To be fair, some of these look pretty decent, I guess. Most of these just look like they were taken on an iPhone, which they were. Damn, hubba hubba. Sup, granny? Granddad's out for the day, huh? And here, obvious things, you know, like all day battery life. Wow. Up to 26 hours video playback. You see, this is just going to be like, this is always just something that they push on because I think they kind of like have to push on it. A16 Bionic chip, a new chip. I mean, as if that means anything to the average person anyway. And then here's the big thing, USB-C. Wow. Exciting. I do have a story to tell you about this. Um, this is something that really pissed me off, right? USB-C. So Apple is currently going on about USB-C as if it's this groundbreaking new additive because they've decided that they want to focus more on the environment and yada, yada, yada. 
I had to go and get some new gear for the podcast room this week and I had to get a new charger. And I went in, I went to the Apple store in Brisbane and I go, excuse me, what's up, dude? I need to get a charger. This is the MacBook that I have. And the guy goes, yeah, for sure. And he goes to the back and he brings back these two boxes and um, he hands them to me. And I'm like, oh, do I need to pick one? And then it clicked in my head that Apple is selling these two things. And I've known about this, but I forgot, right? That Apple is selling these two things completely separately. And he gives them to me. I noticed this. And immediately my first response was to get up and I wanted to punch him in the face. I know that he's not the one making these decisions, right? He's not. But the fact that Apple is selling these things separately to make an extra buck on somebody like me makes me so unbelievably upset. It's disgusting, bro. <sighs> I cannot believe that Apple gets away with it. And then they pretend like it's this focus of, oh, we wanna be better for the environment. So that's why we don't include a charging brick in your phone case anymore. Sorry. They don't even say sorry. They just go, cool, huh? And it's like, no. You, If you genuinely cared about these sorts of things, then you would package it all in one little go because now there's extra packaging being being used. Now we have to throw away all our, all our old USB-C to lightning co uh, connectors if we get this new phone. It's just going to continue. I've got AirPods. It's too much, right? I went in and I bought this and it was like 150 bucks. And I was like, bro, this is insane that Apple charges for this stuff. Anyway, so a nice big push was that... Uh, USB-C is now being, I guess, bog standard on all the future iPhones. I mean, as if that's, you know, really big news because now everything's going to have to be reworked, right? Now the new AirPods are going to have to be made this way. I guess eventually down the track, it's going to be pretty darn cool. We'll see what happens. So I wanted to have a look at the pricing on these as well. And if we look at the iPhone, so the iPhone Pro Max 256 is two grand. That's a lot of money. That's for the 256. Uh, so I'm gonna make an, let me actually have a look. Okay, so the iPhone Pro Max one terabyte, is gonna be three grand, bros. That's just madness, isn't it? Whatever, people are gonna pay it, dude. People are going to pay it until the next big thing pops up. Anyways, so we'll see how that goes. I'm kind of excited for it. I'm definitely not going to get it. I've been using the iPhone 12 for a really long time now. I've had no issues. I honestly don't see the point in um, changing from any of those sorts of things. Alrighty. That's fantastic. Okay, cool. So what else has happened this week? Well... Something very peculiar happened from good old Russell Brand. Who here knows Russell Brand? I do. Do you? Of course you do. Russell Brand is the incredibly suave and sophisticated sexy Englishman that likes ladies. Yes. He's like the English Charlie Sheen, eh? Yes. So he has this week been, not even this week, like today, he's been accused of sexually assaulting four different women. So I'm gonna read this to you 
Russell Brand accused of rape, sexual assault, and emotional abuse. I think it'll probably be worthwhile if I actually just record the screen so that my words will not sound like it's my own. So basically what he's done is he's been accused of raping, sexually assaulting, and emotionally abusing four women, I think. And then he's just released this, a video of him chatting about it. So let's see how that goes. I haven't watched it. Russell Brand has been accused of rape, sexual assault, and emotional abuse over a seven-year period at the height of his fame. The allegations between 2006 and 2013 were the result of a joint investigation by the Sunday Times, The Times, and Channel 4 dispatches. Brand denies the allegations. Five alleged victims, four of them anonymous, were interviewed in the dispatches documentary aired on Saturday night. The Times title said they contacted the media personalities' representatives with details of the allegations, as well as information to help him recall the incidents in question. Okay, any details? One of the women said Brand entered into a relationship with her while he was 31 and she was still a 16-year-old schoolgirl. Russell, what are you doing, bro? That's not right. That's bad. She reportedly said he referred to her as the child during an emotional, abusive and controlling three-month relationship. She told dispatchers the representer once forced his penis down her throat, making her choke, which led her to punch him in the stomach to make him stop. Uh, another woman said that he did this to her in 2012 and in his Los Angeles home. The paper said she messaged him to say she had been scared by him and felt taken advantage of, adding, when a girl says no, it means no. Brand reportedly replied saying he was very sorry, the paper reported. <sighs> the woman who said she met him at an after party for his brand ex chacho told dispatchers she did not report the alleged rape to police due to being scared because of the actor's fame. All right. A third woman said Brand sexually assaulted her while she worked with him in Los Angeles and that he threatened to take legal action if she told anyone else about her allegation. A fourth woman described being sexually assaulted by Brand and him being physically and emotionally abusive towards her. Okay. Television researchers and runners who worked on Channel 4 shows alleged that Brand would ask staff to approach young female audience members that he found attractive so he could meet them after filming. Ooh. Damn, Russell. Uh, this is pretty much just some more... I, it's sort of like kind of info. He's performing. So apparently he was he was asked to respond. He was going to perform at a show. Just read this because it's stupid. On Saturday night, Brand performed at the Troubadour Wembley Park Theatre in London. He arrived almost an hour late and planned to perform his show 
bipolarization after getting stuck in traffic. Opening his act to applause, he thanked the crowd and said, there's some things I cannot talk about and hopefully you appreciate that. I'm gonna give you everything I got. Okay, so that's what's going on from that side of things, yeah? Now, I do wanna know what he says in this video. Let's give it a crack. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Now, this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack, and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks as well as some pretty stupid stuff like uh, my community festival should be stopped that i shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel but amidst this litany yes, of nice astonishing teeth. rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that i absolutely refute these allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies, and as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before, like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of, and we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you, you're getting too close to the truth, Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago there was a spate of articles, Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist, Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know, for ages and ages it's been clear to me or at least it feels to me like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices and i mean my voice along with your voice i don't mind them using my books and my stand-up to talk about my promiscuous consensual conduct in the past what i seriously refute are these very very serious criminal allegations also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently, in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. Now, I don't want to get into this any further because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I feel like I'm being attacked, and plainly, they are working very closely. So basically, he has denied it all. Russell Brand's stance on this is that the mainstream media is coming after him. He's obviously changed quite a lot. He used to be a very promiscuous dude, used to fuck a lot of ladies, and he's become completely different, right? He's now settled down. He's got himself a missile. He is vegan. He doesn't partake in any sort of drugs or alcohol anymore. He's really changed. And now he does talk out a lot about the mainstream media and the double standards and the evil things that he feels the people in charge are doing. To be honest, I haven't watched any of his things and I probably should have because I'm interested in that sort of stuff, you know? I think that somebody like Joe Rogan gets an unnecessary amount of hate just because they're a little bit more neutral which is insane and i think russell brand's probably the same so i don't know too much about his political ideologies or where he puts his his time and his effort into but that's his stance at the moment is that 
these are all fake and it's the mainstream media trying to diminish him and discredit him. I'm interested to see where this goes. Next week this time, probably be a bit of an update. So let's see what happens with that. I obviously don't have an opinion when it comes to these sorts of things because it's he says versus she says. It's a very, very serious topic as well. And the last thing that I wanna do is get involved. Uh, so if he calls me, I'm just gonna tell him, Russell, don't get me involved, bro. Please, this has got nothing to do with me. Get out of my face. Alrighty, so there's two more things that I wanted to do very, very quickly. I'm trying to make these a little bit more compact just so that I don't blab on too much. I'm not gonna lie, the first half really frustrated me and I just have to get this out there. I did a half an hour podcast and then you just sort of get up and you feel great about it and then everything just shut down. I've never had my computer go system overload before. Anyway, so thank you very much for being patient with me. Apologies if that first half might've sounded a little bit weird because you have to do that thing where you're trying to get the good bits from before, but you don't want to make it sound forced, but you still want to try and get it in. So you're talking while trying to figure out what you said previously to make it funny again, but is the timing going to be right? But we all good. There were just two things that I thought about this week that I thought, you know, this might be worth mentioning. And it's titled Behavior of Yesteryear. And it's basically things that we used to do in terms of behavior years ago that is not really something that we do anymore. And the first one was driving without a GPS, right? I remember when I was a kid, when somebody, my mom had a GPS, one of those big Garmin ones. And I thought it was so cool, right? I thought it was an ingenious an absolutely ingenious creation. I don't know who would buy garments nowadays. I know that there are still people that use garments, but I couldn't believe it. You know, you had this whole map just at your fingertips, right? And I remember typing in our address and I couldn't believe that this place knew where we lived. I was like, no way, I'm important. And my address is important enough to be in this machine. And my dad did that thing where you can get voices downloaded and he got Homer Simpson. I thought that was so sick. So sick. And, you know, then you sort of become dependent on it eventually. But my mom got that when I was about 12. You know, her job at that time was driving around. She was a sales representative. And... I could not believe how my mom would back then just know where to go, you know? And even if you got slightly lost, people still kind of knew where, where to go and where to do things. I genuinely cannot for the life of me understand or believe that people just lived without a GPS up until now, right? If I go anywhere, anywhere today, I have to use a GPS. And that's a thing, right? Is guaranteed that makes you complacent and it makes you lazy, but how would how would you do anything else? If I start, maybe it's cause like roads weren't as complicated back then either. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, roads in Brisbane, there's like 
three, like four lanes that go that way, four lanes that go that way, four lanes that cross this way, one lane that goes straight across, one, like a bridge that goes down like that. I swear that's close to where I live, right? Even with GPS, I get confused. I'm like, what am I gonna do? You know, is this gonna take me off into another, into another faraway land? And I have to start a new life with a new wife? I go anywhere now and I have, to I have to use a GPS. I couldn't imagine being able to just kind of figure things. But my, my grandpa used to know. We used to go on vacation and my grandpa would know the way there. You know, massive long vacation, five hour drive. But maybe it's because the roads were simpler. You just use the signs. But I thought that was pretty cool. And then talking about my grandpa, this was something else that was a big deal, is people just showing up for a visit. Think about that, right? You're sat at home and there's just somebody diff, 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 knocks at your door and it's people. This happened all the time when I was a kid. I would be at my grandparents' house and I'd be watching TV or something and then our intercom system would go diff, 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 diff. and my grandpa would jump up and go, who's this? And it would be some of his South African buddies. Tani Santi in Wim Ernst. Yes, we have a harsh language in Afrikaans. Tani Santi in Umfriki. And my granny would be like, okay, cool. You know, and the people would pull up. And then they would just get out their car and just come in. They didn't give anybody a call. They were obviously just sat at home going, do you know we should go visit? We should go visit. I mean, you guys wouldn't really get it if I use my grandparents' name, but Boot in N. We should go visit Boot in N. Boot. That's my, that's my granddad's name. Boot. Scary name for a scary guy. You know, and then they would just decide just decided themselves. And then they would just get in there, they would get ready, get in their car, drive there. You know? What if my grandparents weren't in a good mood that day. Hey, what if they were pissed off? What if they just had a fight? What if they were doing something? And these people like show up, but it just, it always worked. It just always used to work out. Even if, even if my grandpa was busy or something, you know? Could you imagine that happening today? You'd be so mad at somebody if they just show up at your place unannounced. Now you text people you have to wait for them to say yes until you decide to go there. You have to get their confirmation. You don't even call people because nobody likes phone calls anymore. How much social anxiety have we just given ourselves? I know people who are too scared to order a pizza on the phone. No jokes, okay? I know this sounds silly, but I've spent time with people where they would be like, cool, we're gonna get pizza tonight. And they go, can you do it? I don't, I don't like doing it. And then if they ever do it, then they get really nervous and they go, um, can I, um, please have, you know, bro, a hundred years ago, you had people who were flung into warfare, fighting on Dunkirk beaches, getting their skulls caved in. Now people are too scared to order a pizza. It's insane, man. We're just going to become these like weird antisocial blobs who just communicate via speech to text. Hello. 
No, no, nobody's making eye contact anymore either. Twenty years time. Hello. Can I have one portion of fish and chips, please? <laughs> we used to be a people. Now we ain't nothing. Okay. Last thing that I wanted to do, and this is something that I was super interested in, and I really just want to check this out, is the following. I've done some thinking about what the world's most expensive concert tickets ever are. <laughs> A weird way to finish the um, accentuation on the sentence. So look at this. Forget these ads, bruh. The most expensive concert tickets in the world ever ranked. Now I guarantee you this is going to be interesting. So I want to I want to check this out. Man, so many ads. All right, number 10, we've got John Mayer Sob Rock Tour 2022 $500 per person. That's a lot. You know, I didn't think that would be like number 10. I thought it'd be a little bit more expensive, but that's all good. It'll probably get more expensive. Known for his soulful voice and exceptional guitar skills, John Mayer embarked on his Sob Rock Tour in 2022 with tickets reaching a massive $500 per person. Can these ads just piss off? Mayer's unique blend of blues, rocks, and pop captivated audience. Okay, I don't want to read about like the PR side of things. Uh, okay, 500 bucks. I mean, John Mayer's pretty cool, dude, you know? He's sort of like, if you had him as, as an uncle, You'd, you'd prefer him over your real dad, right? Got that nice voice. John Mayer voice. Number nine is One Direction Take Me Home to $1,000 per person. The British boy band, One Direction, I don't want to say that word. Uh, that's not going to come out of my mouth. Took the world by storm with their Take Me Home tour with an average ticket price of 460 per person and VIP tickets... VIP tickets selling for as much as $1,000 per person. Damn, Doug. The tour witnessed record-breaking ticket sales with over 300,000 tickets sold daily. Okay, so the additives don't really have any additional news. Beyonce and Jay-Z's VIP on the Run 2 tour. $1,991 per person. I didn't know that they did a tour together. To be honest, that's pretty interesting. I mean, would I go watch it? Never in a thousand fucking years. But listen, that's a, it's pretty innovative, right? Beyonce, Jay-Z. You a fan of one of them? You a fan of both of them? You can go see them both. Those tickets are quite pricey though. And this is the thing. So tickets started at 391 per person with the VIP tickets reaching 1,991. Exclusive access to the dynamic duo. You know, if you're paying two grand to meet Beyonce and Jay-Z, I mean, you're stupid. You're 100% stupid, but if you're like obsessed with them, could be worthwhile, I guess. Lady Gaga, Las Vegas residency, $2,000 per person. Lady Gaga took her talents to Vegas, offering fans an unforgettable concert experience, with ticket prices reaching a staggering $2,000 per person for the Enigma show. Gaga's residency featured her signature theatrical performance and powerful vocals. Okay, see, bro, this is all just PR shit. Okay, cool. I'm so sorry. I was hoping that it was going to be a little bit more sort of people-focused. That's all good. 
The Rolling Stones, 50 and counting, $1,000 per person. That's just ridiculous. These old ass people. Oh man, I got an ad, bro. I don't know how to get this away. My thing's just frozen. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Seems like I'm gonna go buy a car. I do have a Volkswagen, and it's pretty sick. But this makes me wanna go and blow it up. I mean, how obnoxious, how incredibly obnoxious is this ad? Takes over the whole screen, doesn't allow you to get rid of it. Ugh, give me a second. Let me make sure my shit's still recording. Okay, it's also just jumped us down. Brilliant, thank you so much. Don't even need to read those through anymore. So number five, Just This World Tour by Justin Bieber. Whoa, $1,500 for the high tier? Damn. Well, what, what, what comes with these? Because the thing is, these artists don't allow you to meet with them anymore, right? I actually remember seeing what you got for that ticket, and that's what we'll do. I think I'll do this again. But actually speaking about like some of the packages because I thought that it would be included. But for $1,500, I would think to myself, we obviously get to meet Justin, right? Or at least take a photo with him, but not at all. He's completely removed himself from his fans. He used to do that. He used to do the sort of one-on-one -on -one meet and greet packages, but that's really going out the window. Uh, it went from being able to take a one-on-one -on -one photo with him to then taking a group photo with him. And then he just stopped all that shit. For these things, you get like a really good um seat you might get like an autographed photo and a t-shirt and a lanyard and you get you know unlimited drinks or something stupid like that but that's ridiculous man one thousand five hundred dollars you don't even get to meet them oh, man the weekend puts on a show huh look at that it looks like something out of bionicles yeah you see it's just vip seats bro that's all it is is it's just vip this fucking thing. Look, oh no, that's something completely different. Can I get out of the ad? I need to figure out a better way to do this, don't I? The weekend's actually coming to Australia and I wouldn't mind going to go watch him. He's a performer, dude, you know? The theatrics that they use in that performance is pretty darn insane. Okay, cool, so number three, we've got Elton John Farewell Yellow Brick Road, uh, $4,500. That was his final tour. Yeah, the end of his illustrious career. I remember reading about that. But that's expensive too, dude. VIP goes up to $4,500 per person. Basic ticket prices was $1,000. Dude, do you even need any more money? Maroon 5? That's, so Maroon 5 is number two, $8,700. Okay, they had a residency in Vegas as well. Bloody hell, dude. M5 LV, yes! Bro, if you're a guy, you listen to Maroon 5, get out of my face. And here we go, number one, Led Zeppelin, Ahmet Ergeton, Tribute concert. Somebody fucking died. Led Zeppelin reunited for the Ahmet, whatever, tribute concert at the O2 Arena in London. 
honoring the late Atlantic Records founder. This concert holds the record for selling the most expensive concert tickets ever. Though the starting ticket price for the show was just around a modest $250, the cost of the most costly ticket went up to $168,000 for a pair of tickets. Bloody hell. Why was it so expensive? Bro, this is the worst, worst article. Hold on. Let me just go look. Because that's just stupid. Okay. Led Zeppelin. Ahmet Ergeten. Why am I saying it like that? You hear this computer, bro? Things going. Things earning its keep today. Okay, I'm on a Wikipedia page now. Let's see if I can, all I want to do is figure out why that price was so expensive. According to Guinness World Records, the concert holds the world record for the highest demand for tickets for one music concert. It's obviously because it was the first time that they together. There's 20,000 tickets available. Okay. Why was ticket so expensive? I mean, to be honest, I think it was probably just, oh, do you know what it is? So people were reselling these tickets. So it's not like you got anything extra someone decided to pay $168,000 for two tickets because all the proceeds went to charity as well. Wow, that was interesting, wasn't it? I thought it was pretty cool. Next time I'll talk about maybe the kind of, maybe the good and bad packages that you would get for those sorts of things. Because guaranteed, you know what? I can actually get that done now. If you're interested, stick around because I'm going to find out what you get for the Justin Bieber Justice Tour uh package vip packages here we go oh you do get meet and greets i don't want to do that mm, i'm telling you okay so there's a vip experience you've got the yummy the silver the gold the diamond the ultimate the ultimate Okay, so you actually do get a meet and greet. So maybe I'm wrong, right? The ultimate meet and greet experience is one meet and greet with Justin Bieber, one photo opportunity with Justin Bieber, one incredible reserved floor ticket in the first 10 rows, and then each VIP pack. So that's the most expensive. That's the one that's like one and a half grand. And then for the other VIP packages, you get a commemorative concert ticket. <laughs> no way, that's actually there. One commemorative Justin Bieber concert ticket. I have to take a photo of this. <laughs> uh, one limited edition Justin Bieber VIP laminate and matching lanyard. Sick. One souvenir Justin Bieber to a program or photo book. Sick. One digital copy of Justin's new album as a, a digital copy as well bro who doesn't have apple music or spotify right now unless you live in a third world and one exclusive justin bieber gift bag 
It's got like a sticker and a magnet and shit in it. Dude, I really didn't know that you um, that he was still doing meet and greets. I thought he stopped that shit completely. So all the power to him. Anyway, guys, thank you for watching. It's been a fantastic time. I always love talking to you all. Very eventful, lots of things. We've had our ups and our downs. We've had tears. We've had laughter. We've had trials and tribulations. But I want to thank you all for listening. You have an amazing day. And I'll see you on the next one. Oh yeah, prank calls are coming in the next one too. So look forward to that. Take care. Bye-bye.